Hi guys, welcome to Discovering God's Best in Business. I'm Dara Simons, a web designer for Mom Built Businesses and a ministry wife. And I am Sarah Talbert, a business coach that helps women build their business with joy and profit. We started this podcast because we're super passionate about helping Christian women understand God's design for business. So join us as we discover God's best in business together. Hi guys, welcome to this week of Discovering God's Best in Business. Today, Sarah and I are going to be talking about planning because it's the new year and I feel like everywhere you turn, Sarah, someone is talking about setting goals, setting intentions, creating a plan, a new start, revolution. A new decade. <laughs> it's exhausting. It is. It almost makes me feel inadequate. Yes, right? Um, And I think because it's like literally everywhere, I feel like my entire Facebook feed is filled with goals, intentions, and resolutions. And not that any of those are bad, but we want to do this like everything. We want to do it God's way. And so today we want to talk about how to really discover God's plan for your next year. It feels so big. (laughs) No, really, though, like, God's plan for 2020 seems so big. And what if I miss it? And what if I don't do it right? Or what if I don't plan the right thing? And I hear those questions a lot. What if I What if I choose the wrong goal? A lot of people in my Facebook community are like, what if I choose the wrong goal? So hopefully, if you're listening, we can give you some of your own strategies to use to plan it out according to God's way. So do you really think that God's plan or goal for the next year is any different than the last year? So maybe I tend to be a little broad on this issue, but I feel like God's plan is for us to love our neighbors, love him, pursue him, and The fruits of the spirit, love and joy, peace, patience, having all of those things in our business. And I feel like if we're pursuing those things, ultimately, the strategies and stuff and what we're actually doing, as in should it be this course or that course, is almost up to us. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think God's plan for today is the same as it was yesterday is the same as it was 50 years ago not that we're 50 years old but you know what I mean like (laughs) God's plan is the same and how we live that out depends on day to day and just so you know like we're all about setting intentions and coming up with strategies and you know all that stuff that we're not saying that but don't feel that pressure that you have to do something different in this next year, unless that's what God's laid on your heart to do. Because God's plan has always been the same, to love people, to enter in relationships with people, and that's his plan for our lives. And so how we live that out can differ from day to day and year to year, but it doesn't have to. And so don't feel like you have to do something different. I totally agree. So what are some strategies or some tips or tricks 
for doing this God's way. If we've said, yeah, you need strategy, but yeah, it can be the same as last year. Yeah. And when we were talking about this, we kind of came up with three things that we've learned over the years. Um, And one, and this has been a hard lesson for me, is that sometimes you don't have to learn more. You just need to put in practice what you already know. And so for me, that means sometimes I don't need to buy another course or participate in another program or, you know, do this, that, and the other, that I need to listen to what God has told me to do and start doing that. Sometimes that desire for more isn't, like you just said, it's not always the best. And so I feel like as humans, we have this deep desire for more and more and more. And sometimes that falls in materialistic things, but sometimes it falls in just, I just need to learn more, learn more, learn more. But there's people out there that need to know what you already Mm -hmm. know. And if we're not, that's part of discipleship, Mm -hmm. right? Sharing our journey from where we are to those that might be a step behind. Yeah. You know, I think the overreaching message of the world is you're not enough. You don't know enough. You don't have enough. You'll never be enough. And the overreaching message of the gospel is through me, you are enough. And so when we look at it as that, from that perspective, those feelings that you have inside of like, I need to do more, have more, learn more, all that, that's showing you where your attention has been, that my attention's been focused on the fact that I'm listening to the world over what God's told me. And when we see it from that perspective, we can really, it helps us make decisions clearer that maybe this isn't that I need to invest in this program or whatever it is, that maybe I just need to focus on who God has already made me to be and learn more about that and walk that out in my life. Ah, Which seems more difficult than letting me just go buy all the courses and stay busy. Man, it's so much (laughs) easier to take a quick pill and like life gets fixed, right? Than Uh. anything else. And obviously like Sarah and I are in business. We sell, you know, she sells coaching. I sell websites like we're in the the business of helping people with their businesses. And so yeah. we're not against that, but know that that isn't always the solution and that that isn't always the time for you to do that, that you have to find out for yourself from God what your next step is. Which leads to our second point very easily <laughs> is another strategy or another tip or trick or however you want to say it for planning 2020 or planning your next month or year, whatever is waiting, Mm -hmm. right? Waiting. Um, And not just jumping to buy the next course or jumping to launch the next program. Sometimes it's being obedient in the waiting. You have a verse for that? In Psalm 5.3, it says, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly. Just so you know, when Sarah and I discuss this, we've totally decided that we're going to change that to after three cups of coffee, Lord, I hear your voice. You hear my voice <laughs> because mornings aren't our thing. But the truth is in that, that, it's, that it takes us setting aside time to get before God and to wait expectantly for his answer. And those are two separate steps, right? Like we had talked about this, that it's not just me praying and then acting. It's me praying and waiting for an answer and then acting on that answer. So I feel like that word expectantly has followed me around for a long time. So I have a kind of a 
life verse that I don't always follow because I don't wait. <laughs> but I think that's why God's given it to me. And it's really random. But in Exodus, there's the story of Moses and he's supposed to be going somewhere and he has this long conversation with God about it. And finally, Moses said to God, if your presence does not go with us, don't send us from here. And so a lot of times that's my prayer that I start out with. God, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't let us move. Or if your presence doesn't go with us or with me, I don't want to buy this course or go to this event or do this. But then I end up doing it anyway, instead of waiting for his presence to be in it. And it causes so much problems down the road because I feel unfulfilled or I've spent money that I should have spent on the next thing that came along or this or that because I haven't waited on his presence, his spirit and his direction. I just jump at the next opportunity. Mm. You know, when people will use countdown clocks and clothes carts and all of these things to pressure us into making a decision, it works because there's like a psychological trigger in us that we really are afraid of missing out. And when we concentrate on that deadline more than we do on God's presence, that's when we miss it. Totally true. Which also leads into, I think, our third thing is how do you know when it's waiting and how do you know when I should still wait or it's time to jump? And I think that's where our third tip comes from is community. And there's value in having someone you trust that's going to say, yeah, you should do this or this is a dumb idea. Hold up. Don't do that. Because I know a lot of times with Dara and myself, we I'll send her this and she's like, okay, random idea of the day. Should I do this? Or I'll say, Hey, I'm thinking about launching this over in New Zealand. And she's like, Sarah, that's just don't do that. (laughs) But I think that's where community comes in is not just community where you have a bunch of random people around you all the time, but community God's way is being able to trust the advice and counsel of wise people in your circle. Yeah. You know, so the other day I sent Sarah a message and I was having a frustrating day with some clients and I was like, you know, I think I'm just going to close my business and start planning retreats for people. That sounds like way more fun. That would have been a bad idea. And if I had posted that idea in a Facebook group, I'm sure I would have gotten several people that would have been like, yeah, that's a great idea. You should do that. I would pay for it. And that would have been the wrong path for me to be on. And, you know, that's really the value. I love Facebook groups. I love the community that you can get there. But there's such a difference in having a person or people that really know you and have your best interests at heart versus just being in a Facebook group with thousands of people that are like, yeah, go for it. That sounds awesome. Yeah, because I teach a lot of times for market research for things that uh, pertain to Would you rather have this or this in a course if you are this type of person? Like there's value in getting a mass amount of information from Facebook groups. But if you're trying to plan out your month or plan out 2020 with God's design for yourself and for your business, find some wise counsel and someone you trust that does 
that loves you and loves the Lord and you have the same values in mind moving forward. Yeah. You know, in Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, it says, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. And I think that's what I think a lot of that, like, where people don't know you, where they don't know God's path and plan for you, that they're just going to be like, sure, go for it. Because what do they care whether or not you succeed? They don't, they're not really invested in it. They're so I would never post in a Facebook group, should I marry my husband? Should I have another child? Like any of these major life decisions, because what do they care whether or not I do it? They, that's not really the level of community that we have, right? So important. So knowing who has a good track record, like we talked about in our last episode of who has that track record for do willingly doing good and eagerly working God's way, who has that track record and who in your own community has that so that you can go to them with important decisions like planning out 2020. Mm -hmm. So Sarah, let's say I'm going through life and I'm like, man, that sounds awesome, but I don't have anyone like that. What are some suggestions you would have for people to find that kind of level of support? Well, my first thought is to pray. And I know a lot of people are like, okay, yeah, I'll pray. And then I'll do the next thing. Um, what, do, what do I do that's actually tangible? But I think praying for God says, if you pray for wisdom in James, that he provides it. And so I think that really pausing and praying and going back to our step two of waiting for him to answer is key. First 